on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. If you are a review site, Google thinks you now have even more to prove. We have the distinct disadvantage of reporting Meta's new Advantage and Advantage Plus automation suite. And spoiler alert, stories are coming to yet another social platform. Join us as we roll our eyes and talk all about it. <laughs> all on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock, just stay tuned Digital marketing news, but let's get specific Digital ads, SEO and analytics Social media and more Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform New shows every Friday We give you the news with sass and puns And definitely high takes Thank you for tuning in You know what time it is it's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhelm. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock here on March 25th, 2022. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another fabulous episode. Greg, do you have an update for us? Yes. First off, until this invasion of the Ukraine is over, we are going to be featuring ways to help. And one of the best ways to help, um, I saw via Twitter from Andrew Optimizey, maybe most famously known from his interview on the Ask Azim Digital Podcast, but he is putting together with many other speakers in the SEO space, an event called SEO for Ukraine. And you have the perfect amount of time. This is on Tuesday of next week, the 29th, to sign up and the tickets are very affordable. Um, anywhere from 10 pounds to 50 pounds, and all of the money goes to help the Ukraine. So check it out if you're looking to give and to learn. Much appreciated. Awesome. Optimize your SEO. There you go. Love that. Well, me and Greg um, actually met up. We both went to the NCAA tournament on Saturday night because you copied me. <laughs> I did. <laughs> So it was actually pretty fun. We saw two games. And as you guys know, um, I have Providence winning my bracket because the friar looks like my sister Kathleen. I can confirm in person he looks even more like my sister Kathleen. And <laughs> Greg's son agreed that he, quote, kind of looks like my sister. I showed him a picture and he oh, agreed. Wow. Yeah. Perfect. All right. You heard it here. But unfortunately, they beat your creepy spiders. Yeah, it was really So your bracket has win. been busted. Yeah. Speaking of Justice bracket. I noticed a bunch of immaculate picks. And if you're listening for the first time now, we have Marketing O Bracket and we're giving away our new merch in there. And Jess had a bunch of fantastic picks. Thank and you. And I asked her about one, why she picked one, and she gave me quite the answer. So I'm going to see if there's any other answers I can pull out of you. Jess, you picked New Mexico State over UConn, 12 over 5. Why did you pick New Mexico State? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, it looked like New Mexico Street, which made me laugh. Love to live there. Two, the guy just looks like he'd be a cool friend or bring you a pizza. What guy? Okay. They're, the cowboy guy? Their logo, yeah. Oh, right. we saw him too. Ah, jealous. Another one. You picked CSU Fullerton over Duke. What is CSU Fullerton. <laughs> what, is their, what is their logo? Enough. Look like? <laughs> I don't think I had a reason for that one. Just F it. F, okay. yeah. <laughs> Probably feeling that. You picked one of the biggest upsets, St. Peter's <laughs> over Kentucky. Yeah. How did you pull that off? Why St did you pick St. Peter's? So St. Peter's is the local Catholic church that is about two, three blocks from me, but they have a school, and so therefore they have a playground, and that's where I bring my son on nice days. 
And unfortunately, you missed on this one. It was a 32-point blowout, and Longwood lost to Tennessee, but you picked Longwood. Longwood, I think, sounded like dogwood. <laughs> Beautiful tree. <laughs> they have nice flowers. All right, another great pick you had, the Richmond Spiders. You picked them to win the entire thing. They upset <laughs> Iowa. Why did you pick the Richmond Spiders? Were they playing Iowa? Okay, yes. so this was a really tough one for me because Iowa is the name of a Slipknot album and it's where they hail from. So obviously I wanted to pick that. But I have family in Richmond. Spiders don't really get enough love. And uh, Spiders is also a Slipknot song. So just, you know, it all went comes with back that. to Slipknot. It always does. <laughs> all right. And lastly, you chose Jacksonville State, <laughs> a number 15 over number two Auburn. Why did you choose Jacksonville State? Prepare to bleep me. Fred Durst is a fuck from Jacksonville. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> Those are lyrics. That That's why Jackson you picked song. the Jacksonville State? Oh yeah. My God. And take oh it to the gosh. Matthews Bridge. It's a bridge in Jacksonville. Guys, Limp Bizkit and Slipknot. What? What? Okay. The, none okay. of this should have been. You know been... what? I apologize for asking. <laughs> What's up with you, Jess? <laughs> well, now that you've been inside my head, let's get inside my eyes. I just have an update on uh, my visit to the optometrist last week, y'all. I had to write this down and slack myself so that I would remember. My prescription has not changed. Are you kidding? I have become more reliant on the script for distance because it has helped me with the closer stuff, which is what I was initially having trouble with. My eyes have then relaxed because of that help. So they're being extra lazy now when I have to focus at a distance where I didn't really have issues before. So she doesn't want to change my prescription unless it continues to get worse. But it, she explained it in a way that made total sense at the time. But basically, like my distance vision, my focus has gotten lazy. But I feel like that makes sense. We've watched your vision deplete for things that are close up this whole time. It's all coming together. I'm dubious of this. I think the prescription is a new doctor for you. <laughs> That's what I think you need. That I really like wrong. her. She's a lot of fun. It's like you just made something up. I don't know. I don't You're know any better. You're always our yeah. dental and <laughs> vision coverage. <laughs> anyway, the people needed to know. Now they do. I'm fine. And we have a new emergency marketing a talk for you guys. We were breaking down all the news about Google Analytics last week. By now, you obviously know that Universal Analytics is going to be obsolete in 2023. So Sarah Burke from our team joined us to talk about how you can save your data before it goes away, first steps for getting set up in GA4. It's a short but sweet, very helpful episode, and you can catch it wherever you're watching this or listening to this. Okay, and first up in the news this week, we have an article here from the Meta for Business blog. It is called Powering Up Performance Through Meta Advantage automation suite. This is an article that looked really important and we shortly realized that it was an absolute nothing burger. So basically <laughs> there are features in the platform that are now going to be marked advantage. These features allow you to quote, enhance a specific aspect of your manual campaign setup, such as the select detailed targeting options within your target audience. Then there's going to be other things that are going to be marked advantage plus products or I'm not thinking of them as products. They're more features. And these allow you to automate the entire campaign flow from end to end or an entire core step of your manual campaign setup, such as placements or creative. So essentially, if something uses automation, it's marked as advantage. If something 
is very heavily automated. It's called Advantage Plus. <sighs> and they're basically taking everything that we know the name of and changing the name by either adding Advantage or Advantage Plus to the beginning. I do not know why they're doing this. The UI is impossible to navigate. David Herman is in there every day <laughs> trying to help us make sense of it. And this is what they're spending their time doing. It feels like the car wash, right? No one knows what you get between... I've never been there. Okay. I know. I used to Have you seen my wash. car? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they just add a plus and charge you three more dollars. Yeah. I wouldn't know. But... To dry your car. Okay. So now they're going to have Advantage lookalikes, Advantage detailed targeting, Advantage plus app campaigns. So these used to be automated app campaigns. Automatic placements are now Advantage plus placements. Like, oh my God. (laughs) Automatic was a useful word. I understood what that meant. (sighs) They're taking out the word automatic or like where Google would use smart and saying advantage instead of smart is basically what it is. Mm. Um, Dynamic experience is now advantage plus creative. It sounds, I can't. Advantage plus shopping campaigns are a new thing that are coming soon and they're obviously going to be very heavily automated, probably smart shopping-esque. So to close the article, it says, wherever you see the name Advantage, you can be sure you're getting the most advanced automation and machine learning technology designed to help you create and deliver your most efficient campaigns. But there's a reason it's not just saying automation. They're trying for the small businesses to just see Advantage or Advantage Plus and think it's better in some way. And it's not going to be better in every situation. Don't use automatic placements. I don't understand why people fall for this. Like you see performance, like, and you're like, oh, I'm going to have better performance. But then I realized, like, I think about this a lot, that Coors Light, their whole thing is that their beer is the coldest beer. And I'm like, who would ever fall for this? Like, beer is beer. If you leave it out, it's warm. If you put it in the fridge, it's cold. There's not a colder beer. But, like, they're selling gangbusters. The so mountains are blue, Whatever. Right? So like, you know. Maybe Advantage Plus will be it. But mm. I, I, don't, when, I don't understand. When everything's an advantage, there's not an advantage. Yes, exactly. It sounds like... TurboTax or something. It does not sound like meta for a business. And it makes everything more confusing. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, we've got some content coming out soon about Performance Max. And Performance Max shopping or with a shopping feed from Merchant Center is wildly different than one without that and wildly different than local. But everything's together. And, like, if one advantage thing doesn't work, are you then going to be, like, throw the entire advantage baby out with the advantage bathwater? <laughs> Advantage plus bathwater. <laughs> All I know is I hate it, and I'm just waiting for David Herman's response. Let us know what you think. All right. Next up in Google News, there is a new update, a confirmed update on the 23rd, and it is a product review update, a.k.a. the PRU, that we saw round one of on April 8th, 2021, and the second Prue update on December 1st, 2021. And I've got an idea for this. I know you always talk about how you're crunching the tape on football and you're always watching the all 22 tape. I think we call this the Prue 22. I don't know what that means, but it rhymes. So I like it. Okay. This this is a Prue 22 and it is going to expand upon what we saw last year. So previously in 2021, Google had stated The focus overall is on providing users with content that provides insightful analysis and original research, content written by experts or enthusiasts who know the topic well. 
So it adds to this really four different items to consider if you are a site that features reviews. One, including helpful in-depth details like the benefits or drawbacks of a certain item, specifics on how a product performs or how the product differs from previous versions. Additionally, it will add in that it should come from people who've actually used the products and show what the product is physically like or how it's used. Third thing is that it should include unique information beyond what the manufacturer provides, like visuals, audio, or links to other content detailing the reviewer's experience. And number four, and last update here, is that it should cover comparable or comparable products. I always get that wrong. I think all you those... can say it either way. Yeah, I think so. Well, no, a comparable is ha- is like all caps realtor style. We're like, that's a comparable. But then comparable, a comparable is like a noun. Oh. Right? News to me. All the realtors with their face on their business cards are, are rolling over. <laughs> In their <laughs> In the lawns. Yeah. In their beds. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. And they're meticulously maintained lawns. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it will also cover comparable products or explain what sets a product apart from its competitors. A lot of information there, but the big thing that I loved from this is what are we seeing from Google with this, right? And we've talked about some of the buying guides before that are literally the exact opposite of this. And then we're going to get to it as well in our must read marketing article of the week. Um, some of the new features that Google has that are really cool, but don't have any kind of unique information beyond what the manufacturer provides. So this is for us humans and for Google. I don't know if they're going to follow these rules necessarily, as we've seen with some of these buying guides. But I think overall, this is generally helpful stuff. If you are trying to be a review site, you should try to be good. You should try to do this, but you still might get outranked by a Google buying guide that thinks baseball bad is cricket. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we called them buying guises, remember? Yeah, I like that. That was cute, yeah. What do you got, Jess? All right, here's a tweet. This is from Andrew Roth at Roth's Reviews on Twitter. Oh, good. Yet another platform has a stories feature now. Andrew shared a screenshot of TikTok stories. It looks like a notification he received in the platform. Basically, everything you know about a story. You share daily highlights that disappear after 24 hours. And at first, I didn't get this. Like, they don't need it. They are their own thing. They are an OG social platform at this point that did things first. Everyone's copying them. But the copycats all have stories, and TikTok didn't have stories. So if the TikTok clones have an added feature that people like, at this point, TikTok would be remiss not to test it. So we'll see. If people won't use it, hopefully they'll just dump it. And we believe in testing. So hopefully that's all that's going on here. They're just trying to be smart about their business. And this is still a test. By the way, TechCrunch got confirmation from a TikTok spokesperson that this is, a, this is an expanded pilot program. So it just looks like Andrew got on their list for this. Um, I'm not on it. I don't even have the app. But according to <laughs> this article, <laughs> just throwing that in there in case anyone else was feeling bad about not having it. Neither do I. And according to the article, some differences between the TikTok story experience and Instagram is that as the poster, you can see how many people viewed your story. But unlike Instagram, you can't see who which is an interesting choice. Not sure if it matters, but different. Um, You can like a story and leave a public comment. On Instagram, the comments only go into a DM. So that's another difference as well. 
The cool thing here is that TikTok stories include the same creation options as regular TikTok videos. So it's basically just a TikTok experience that expires. I will be interested to see if people use it differently still or if they're just making the same old TikToks that go away. And if that's the case, there's no way we're keeping up on trends even with Killer here. That just seems insane. Uh, speaking of Killer, though, I have a question because there were some really good comments on Andrew's tweet. And one of them was from the one and only Jane Manchin Wong. She said, eventually... Choosing a social media app becomes like choosing between cola and Pepsi. And I think she meant to say Coke. So the people are dying to know, are you a Coke or a Pepsi girl? I, if I had to choose, I'd probably say Coke. Yes. But I really don't like either. Oh. What are your thoughts on stories and TikTok being the biggest TikTok (laughs) user here? (laughs) Um, When I first saw the news, I just kind of thought like my immediate reaction was that it's kind of annoying now that every single platform is going to have stories. Um, I feel like it's kind of redundant, but I understand why TikTok is doing it because everybody's taking their whole purpose and implementing it into their platform. So then why wouldn't they? So I think it will be interesting to see what people do with it. Why not test it? Like you said. Yeah, I'm with you. Do you have are you part of this expanded pilot as an avid user? No, I'm not. You're not. (laughs) Okay. well, you heard it here first. Even Killer doesn't have it. Uh, side note also from the article, if you are part of the test, you can create stories and see them. If you're not part of the test, you won't even be able to see stories that other folks have created. So your experience really won't change at this point. But more in the coming weeks as the story develops. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's take of the week, it's not really a take of the week, but I just like the way it was positioned. So maybe it's positioning of the week. And it's Charles Farina, at Charles Farina on Twitter. Go give him a follow. And on LinkedIn, I followed him on LinkedIn because he's got information over there. But he writes, here are 10 of my favorite things you can do with Google Analytics for that you could never do with Universal. So that's sort of the the spice Mm -hmm. level. Talks about audience conversions, elapsed time, funnels, trended funnels, event scope segments, and five more things. I just like the fact that instead of rolling over and complaining that there are people out there like Sarah and what you heard on the previous Marketing a Talk show that we put out about what you can do with this and looking at the bright side of it. And additionally, one other thing I was thinking with GA4 in general, I see so much hate towards this product. And many people looking for alternatives. And if you have a consultant or an agency that hates GA4 and tells you not to use GA4 on your site, to me, that's like my silver lining because I still have to use GA4 regularly. I still use UA. That person is a bad consultant because you are going to be limited down the road for things like ad targeting all the things that Charles is talking about, but even just for the targeting of ads, right? Like if somebody is telling you not to do that, they are going to be stifling your ability to perform. And I was thinking about that the other day, and that's a good metric. If somebody Mm -hmm. says, avoid it like the plague, avoid them like the plague. Keep it on there. Find another package if you want, but you will have that ability to use and harness the power that Google gives from analytics to its ad platform when you want to. Yeah, it's free. Set it up. Run multiple. Who cares? Yeah. 
Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI people, Amalia Fowler at Amalia E. Fowler had a question for PPC chat this week. She said, I'm battling myself with regards to an account structure and want some options. It's service-based lead gen, and it has two locations. So basically each location needs campaigns for all the individual services. There's a lot of services, and then there's obviously ad groups within those campaigns. And it's just a lot going on. She wanted some more options. So people were trying to help her, and then PPC Greg popped in, as he always does, and said, you could do RSAs with the location city ad customizer in the headline to insert where the user is. And then um, Amalia was asking about if she would have to remove her uh, zip code targeting, like based on how location customizers worked, but it turns out she doesn't. Um, Sam Tomlinson at Digital Sam Ian replied and said the location city function should work regardless to zip targeting. So if you have city in there, even if you're targeting by zip codes, it will pull in the city. Everything like it's good to remember you have those things, but you just have to use them in the right way. Like I always get so nervous. But thanks, everybody. Now it's time for this week's Pew Pew Lightning Round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, PPC Greg reminded us the new version of Google Ads Editor has been released. You guys, it's version 2.0. We what? I know. <laughs> Can you believe it? No, for so many reasons. <laughs> Can you? We've evolved this far. But he also points out they skipped 1.9. It's like iPhone did that. They did? Yeah, they skipped ahead. They went from, they skipped something. Like they went to 10 without ever going to 9, I'm pretty sure. Maybe 2.0 is just a closed variant. Yeah, or I was like, is it like a really amazing update and they just want people to get it? And it has PMAX support is like one of the biggest things they're pushing. So I feel like they just want people to upgrade. Like it's version 2.0 upgrade today. Um, So some other fun things in here. It also, when you log in, it's going to have a guide and show you important features in there. It shows you really cool things like replace text and bulk uploads, all that stuff that you usually had to have someone else show you. But... It's also showing your recommendations. Mm. That was like the number two on the list. So whatever, Google Ads. Um, it also has custom actions and action triggers. These are going to make it easier to do routine tasks like updating bids. I didn't get to go in there and play around with it all because I didn't have time to restart my computer today and probably won't ever because <laughs> I'm me. But that sounds pretty cool. Um, it also supports conversion goals. Somebody was in PPC chat complaining a couple weeks ago that they downloaded a campaign you couldn't change the conversion goal. And then when they re-uploaded it, it changed in the platform to set like magically to something else. Now it supports conversion goals. So you can double check that and make sure it's what you want it to be. Um, type lists are sortable alphabetically or by entity count. There are also asset reports and shared audience reports. And again, I haven't downloaded it to confirm, but seems like you can't add negative keywords to a negative keyword list still or create a new one. So that's just great. That would be such a nice. Believable. Yeah. 2.0. Years we've been asking for that. And Christina from our Discord community is back with another amazing find. This is a big one and nobody was talking about it. 
So what's new in Microsoft advertising on the blog this week? She says the data analyst in me loves this time zone issues are the bane of my existence because as of March 2022, time zones are no longer editable at the campaign level and will instead directly align with your account level selection. This is to maintain consistency across reporting and invoice data. It goes on to say, please note that on the day this one-time adjustment takes place, reporting data may show slightly higher or lower amounts of spend. However, the amount invoiced on your billing documents will not be affected. So I always forgot that you could change it at the campaign level because I try to keep things pretty consistent with Google just to make my life easier, but it was something you could do. And what was really cool in Microsoft, if you wanted to do it, I know the data analysts would (laughs) shudder about this, but you could make your um, campaign's time zone, the ad viewer's time zone instead of the account level time zone, which I thought was a really neat option that Microsoft had and Google didn't. So I don't know if that's now going to be available at the account level. In the account I checked today, I didn't have it available at the account level yet, and it was only at the campaign level. So we're going to have to keep an eye on this, but it's going to affect your start and end dates, data, a lot of things. So if you have anything set at the campaign level, you definitely need to be aware of this. And I hope they put a notification in there for you because it's a pretty big change. Okay, more Microsoft updates. There's this new article also on the blog. I feel like we have a new copywriter that is part Bachelor producer and part marketing bro. (laughs) This one starts, we're releasing the biggest reporting update in our history. (laughs) (laughs) Then it says the newly updated reporting dashboard within Microsoft advertising includes a series of changes to help you get to report 60% faster. How do they know that? They timing you? That's wild. Like, I want to be the one being timed. Which part's the marketing bro and which part is the producer? Oh, every Aww. time Chris Harrison was on The Bachelor, he'd be like, it's the most shocking, shocking. revelation yeah, in Bachelor okay. history. So, but then the marketing bro, you just got to put a number in it's there. Like 60% yeah. faster, bro. Okay. <laughs> so that wasn't clear. <laughs> no, I got it now. Oh, it was clear. <laughs> so here are the big reporting changes that are going to be just earth shattering for everyone. They actually are kind of cool. So you can now select recently run reports directly from the drop-down menu and use default or customized reporting options. So where you used to have to dig around and find them, when you press the drop-down, anything you've recently used is going to be right there. That is great. You can also see real-time previews as you create and modify your columns and filters. And they said there's also improved load times. I love that. If you've ever run that negative keyword conflict report, you can't see the preview, so you don't know if you set it up right until it's downloaded, and it's so frustrating. That is an amazing feature. Thank you, Microsoft. 60% better. They also mentioned, quote, new capabilities around conditional formatting, inline edits, sharing, scheduling, saving, scope changes, and common shortcuts often used in Excel. They don't go into detail on that, but it sounds cool. So, yeah, keep an eye out on the reports there. New from PPC Greg, he says, is this new seeing YouTube TV on the where ad showed video reach campaigns with non-skippable in-stream ads. So his ads were showing on YouTube TV. They were showing on TBS and OWN. And I need to get more into OWN because Monique Samuels, after she was fired from the Real Housewives of Potomac for throwing punches at um, Candace and then chasing her around the room, she was recast on Love and Marriage Huntsville on the OWN network. So I really want to watch it. Wow. Yeah. Do you think she's bringing her binder? No, I just feel like most of our listeners have hung up and are going to watch that instantly. 
I think so. If they know it's good for them. <laughs> they got to their TVs 60% faster. <laughs> thanks to you. Okay. So Greg, of course, didn't really wait for Jenny to answer. He just answered <laughs> himself. He said, fairly sure this is new as it still has, it's still categorized under reserve yet not the article states ad per I think he messed up a little bit here yet the article states ads purchased on an auction basis can show are you able to confirm this and as of recording this I don't think Jenny has but it seems like you can now run amok on YouTube TV so that's pretty cool and next up David Herman says TikTok has begun rolling out ads with in search results Time to prime your thumbnails, and I'm sure he'll have some thumbnail tips for us by next week. Thanks, David. And Ginny Marvin tweeted this week, I see why am I, cease and desist, Ginny. Mm -hmm. Vehicle ads are now available to all U.S. auto advertisers. So we talked about this last week. Um, and then Sean Ellie replied and said, these look cool, but why are they starting on smart shopping if smart shopping will start being phased out next week? Which I didn't realize that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Why not wait a week to roll these out? Like, you just can't make this stuff up. People that, don't talk to each other. That's all it comes down to. People me. are going to learn how to use it, and then they can't use it next week. They have to <laughs> migrate to PMAX. I believe it's later this year, to be fair. Okay, so Ginny said vehicle ads we're started in smart shopping and we will have more to share about its integration into performance max later this year. So as you're setting those campaigns up, just know that you're going to have to move them pretty soon. Chris Ridley spotted something new. He said Google ads account level insights tab is now live. So this new tab is similar to the insights tab found within PMAX campaigns is, is available at the account level. However, the insights don't seem to be super relevant or useful at this point. These are taken from a men's clothing account. So these are some of his search terms. Like, what are you up to, Chris Ridley? He says, blueies, like, is that like the kid's show? Kaleidoscope, Red Nose Day, Pangea. <laughs> Homer Simpson, Space Jam? Sisters. And they could put these on shirts, I guess. Sisters and sneakers. <laughs> Smart casual Bugs Bunny. You skipped Space Jam. Why'd you do that? I thought Greg said Space said Jam. It. Oh, sorry. So I don't know what you're into, Chris Ridley, but I like it. <laughs> Thanks for sharing about the new tab. It's unique, Chris. <laughs> okay, today I learned what TIL stood for because PPC Greg had that caption for this screenshot from the Meta for Business blog. Viewing your ad limit per page. So it says, since each ad's performance improves the more it's shown, advertisers of different sizes should use different ad volumes to improve ad performance. There are four ad volume tiers to encourage advertisers of different sizes to use the ad volume per page that optimizes their performance. So it says, if you're a small to medium page or you're advertising less than $100,000 USD in your highest spending month, you should have 250 ads. Or if you're doing a million dollars, you should do a thousand ads. If you're doing 10 million, you should do 5,000 ads. And 10 million plus, you should do 20,000 ads. I had no idea this was it. guidance. It's, it's acting like it's not really an enforced limit. I just I, thought that was I, a weird one. Yeah. Okay, moving on. 
Okay, today I also learned that Ginny also had liaisons on LinkedIn. I didn't know she made appearances there. But Scott Carruthers said another warning about performance max control. This is a pretty long post, but he said, the exact match keyword will only take precedence when it's eligible to show. So when your impression share is less than 100%, if you ran out of budget or your bids are too low, the performance max can show for that keyword in the remaining auctions. And then he went on to say some other things. So Ginny popped in to clarify a few things. She said, first of all, as we've been over here on the show, if the query is identical to a keyword in your account, regardless of the match type, the search campaign will be prioritized. Then she also said, it is correct that the search keyword has to be eligible to show, but as long as it's eligible, impression share has zero impact on prioritization over Pmax. So I thought that was an interesting thing to think about of if you run out of budget, how it affects um, Pmax because I didn't think about that before. But yeah, make sure your keywords are eligible if you want them to show. And Roy Steves said, pulling a shopping campaign back to standard from Smart and I'm seeing why Smart struggled so badly based on near miss search terms. Google is giving up a powerful resource by not letting us manage search terms and negatives directly. We're here to help. And then he has a little gift <laughs> that says, help me help you. And it's true. Like, ugh, they just don't, they're like, just give us the data. We're still going to advertise on your platform and spend money. We're just going to spend it smart. It's so annoying. Okay, and we have an article here to close out from Inside Radio. It says the majority of advertisers plan to increase spend on podcasting and streaming audio. So Advertiser Perception says 53% of ad buyers it surveyed expect to increase their podcast spending in 2022. So basically call us. Um, we're ready for you. Oh, I do have one more article because this came through right before we recorded. There is a new listing for Google Partner. So if you are a Google Partner, you're going to be in a new directory. There are ways to opt out if you don't want that new business. But I guess a lot of people were asking for this. So that's a welcome change. Thanks, Google. I dig it. We got things back. We got more money now for new accounts. And we have a partner directory, which is awesome. Really cool. Okay, one more. Mitch, paid per Mitch. He said discovery campaigns are still trash for performance Seeming similar, seeing similar results to regular HTML5 banner ads. And Queen what? Jill Saskin Gales popped in and said she disagrees. She sees excellent performance from Discovery in some of her accounts. She says, quote, I prefer over standard display since it runs on all Google ads, Google owned inventory. Thank you, Jill. One is like an ad type, and I, I, I dig at Paper Mitch on Twitter, but one is a creative format, and the other is. Uh, all-inclusive targeting yeah option i don't know he thinks they're trash well it was actually a really good thread a bunch of people were saying if you do this it's great if you do this it's great and we try to surface a bunch of good threads and also have people talk back and forth over in our discord channel community.marketingclock.com if you don't want to miss this real time oh my god i said we were done like five stories before we we're done <laughs> i can confirm this is your last <laughs> one <laughs> Okay, PPC Greg is reminding us that those detailed targeting changes on meta ads went through on March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody who celebrates and even those who don't. They said these are for targeting options that are not widely used, that are too granular, that are redundant, or that are related to sensitive topics. So if you excluded that impacted targeting, ad sets will be paused. If you 
included that impacted targeting, ad sets will continue to run, but impacted targeting will be removed. So everyone should definitely check out that article and make sure if you're running any ads with detailed targeting, which is now Advantage Plus detailed targeting or whatever they're calling it, make sure you're all set. Oh my God, I have another one. <laughs> yeah. I betrayed you. I'm I don't sorry. know what happened here. <laughs> Christina from our Discord community is at it again. She says, minor UI update I noticed in Amazon under what am I going to call the checks serial icon? <laughs> Yeah, I like that name for this. You'll have to watch YouTube to see if you agree. It's a bunch of boxes. Uh, they now include a link to the partner directory. It's like this is just a bucket for everything they couldn't find a real home for. <laughs> I but, wish I could use that in life. Like yeah. Just everything else goes over there. But we have a home for you in Discord with Christina. So join us, community.marketingoclock.com. Okay, what is happening in organic? Oh, wait, you had one more. No, I don't. <laughs> All right, from Spotted First by Charles Marina, there is a new tie-in for your Merchant Center account and your Google Analytics for property. So this is pretty cool. What you're gonna be able to do is once you opt in, you can then start to see all of the, and you opt in auto-tagging, just to be clear, you can start to see the data from your free listings show up into GA4. It says, by linking your analytics property to your merchant account, merchant center account, you'll be able, you'll enable data to flow between the products. Data exported from analytics property in the merchant center is subject to the merchant center terms of service, blah, blah, blah. But you can put it in and you just have to make sure you hit the enable auto tagging. Now, this is like very GA4 of them because in the explanation, they, it looks like a beta ex explanation as well because they misspelled a word. They misspelled analytics. So they say auto tagging allows analysts it to. It is a really hard word to spell. But your Google <laughs> Analytics, it's in your name. <laughs> anyway, so. That's you, why I can't work for Google Analytics. There you go. <laughs> but Charles sure can. But the person that wrote this shouldn't have. Either way, you can start to see free listing data, and I am all here for it. So another reason to test out GA4. YouTube also put out a new video on their Creators Insider channel about a bunch of new features. The first, which is called Go Live Together, where a host creator will be able to create a live stream, invite and screen their guests before going live to their viewers. If you're a host of a Go Live Together, You'll be able to see all the streaming analytics as you normally would on YouTube. But if you're the guest, you can't see those analytics. And pre-roll and mid-roll ads can appear in a go-live together stream and will be attributed to the host channel. The small test currently, uh, you probably don't have it. <laughs> Sorry. Especially not Jess. Yeah. <laughs> all right, next up from this video, there are live rings now. And they had to make a display of what can show by your profile. So if you have no circle around you, you do not have a story after a feed reload or no active story or live stream. If it says live, you're live. If you have a red circle around you, you have an active unwatched story because everybody has stories now. And if you have a gray circle, you have an active just watch. Is anyone going to remember that? Who is, is going anyone to even YouTube gonna look for at stories? Yeah. Not me. I just don't understand the story thing. I understand the live thing. And I actually 
got that when everybody went so one-sided towards trying to be the first in live. Like, I get that. YouTube should be doing live. I don't understand what the story part of it is. Okay. Additionally, they'll have cross-channel live redirects. Previously, if you had a live stream or a premiere, you could link it to another live stream or premiere on your own channel and just redirect it right after. So you'd be like, hey, it's an intro. Before you get into this, the movie you're about to see, this is blah, 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 and then go right to your own channel. You can now take that redirect and go to another channel. So you can send people right from your channel to another channel. There's some stipulations, and you probably don't have that either. <laughs> you have to have at least um, a thousand, I believe, live or people in there. <clears throat> send them marketing o'clock. Yeah, we'll take you. We'll take everybody. Also, there's a full screen mode for mobile. It basically gives you a lean-in video and a live chat, and then you can like swipe it off and see the full video. Pretty cool. And there's a live Q&A format where a viewer will be able to submit questions during a live stream based on a creator's question prompt. So all cool stuff. I dig it. Especially the go live together. I think that's that's a, a big one. And if you are into AdSense, you may be into a new format that Google is rolling out. It's called Related Search for Content Pages. And when you get down to a certain portion of a page, your AdSense block that shows will possibly say related searches. And you can see the example was somebody's reading content about undiscovered Barcelona and related searches might be things to do in Barcelona. And it's a search function next to it. When you click on it, it doesn't send people off of your site currently in the current iteration. You'll see a couple different ads and then the closest related content on the site you're on to helpfully get people, you know, again, to consume more content. And there's a cool GIF that you can see up on screen if you're watching on YouTube or on Spotify, if Spotify will allow us to upload video this week. Okay, this is kind of a quick one, but it is worth reading if you're into Discover. It's over on Chrome Unboxed, and there was Michael over there was talking about how topics are one of the best features, but it's impossible to find them. I tried to follow Michael's prompt, and I agree with him, um, but topics are a very nice breakdown in these different channels that you can explore. And I just think that everybody is sleeping on Discover, except for one game. And it's something that we're going to see more and more and more of. And web stories. Okay, and then very, very interesting news over from Engadget. The U.S. Department says that Google is misusing the attorney-client privilege to hide documents. There's a brief that the Department of Justice put out. I read the whole thing. It was fascinating. It was fascinating. And if this gets boring, just yell at me and I'll stop. They, the Department of Justice says, for almost a decade, Google has trained its employees to use the attorney-client pr privilege to hide ordinary business communications from discovery in litigation and government investigations. Specifically, Google teaches its employees to add an attorney, a privilege label, and a generic request for counsel's advice to any sensitive business communications the employees or Google might wish to shield from discovery. Google has referenced to this practice as communicate with care. And they show all these different examples where there's a conversation going on. It might be about bad PR that's about to, to, to be launched. And one of the staff members of Google will just throw an attorney on and CC them to say that it's attorney-client privilege or attorney confidential. And the attorneys never respond. They never, there's not a question asked to the attorneys. 
So it's a way that you can get around something by labeling it this, putting it in this filter, and then it can't see the light of day due to attorney-client privilege. But the Department of Justice is trying to get this unprivileged because there are no questions asked. And there, most of these, there's like 25 responses to an email that started with this attorney being CC'd on it and privilege in the, the subject line, but they never respond. There's mm. never a need for the lawyers on this. It is unbelievable. And it goes all the way to the top. I'm going to stop on this. I was going to go like an hour on this. But it even goes all the way to Sundar Pichai in an email to Susan Wojcicki and ties in the lawyer and says, attorney-client privilege, confidential. Kent, please advise. Kent never advises. He's the lawyer. He's the lawyer. I think he knows what he's trying to do here. According to the Department of Justice, this isn't my words, allegedly, and says, thanks for the update, Susan, and all the prep to be ready for this proactively. I have some feedback on the messaging, and so we'll ping you and Chris offline to cover it. Sundar. He didn't ask a lawyer anything there. He's talking to Susan and just putting this in there so that it can't be uncovered because of turning client privilege. That is so sneaky. That's very sneaky. Are those lawyers going to be disbarred? No. Are no, they nothing. billing? You must nothing. You they should my... bill for opening the emails. <laughs> well, I'm they're, sure they're Google they are. employees, most of them. But they're just a legal mm, counsel. Yeah. Gotcha. So anyway, I think this is actually very smart, this workaround. But the DOJ had very choice words. And if you are bored this weekend, <laughs> check this thing out. It is actually very fascinating. All right. And Spotify will move its live conversation product to its main app. In case you forget about all of the live chats, Spotify used something called Green Room in the Green Room app. It's now going over to Spotify and will be called Spotify Live. So they're trying to consolidate now that people don't care about live audio chats unless it's Twitter Spaces. They really came out on top, mm -hmm. Twitter Spaces. All right, and from Brody SEO, he says, thoughts on this test, favicons ranging in different sizing on mobile. Note the change and repeating the domain name, including a variation using bolding. So if you look at this example, I believe it has search engine land and search engine journal that show up, and you can clearly see a control and then two different variables in a test, and the favicon is absolutely bigger on some of the tests that he's got. Pretty fascinating stuff. YouTube Studio, the app, also has some new exciting updates for iOS and Android, a new navigation bar, more data in YouTube Analytics, search filters for comments to make it easier to find what you want to reply to, and an ability to appeal a yellow icon monetization decision right there on your phone. So if you're a creator, you may want to download the YouTube Studio app. And We're last... going to get demonetized because of Jess's language and her pics. I know. I, I downloaded the app already, so I got your back, Jess. Believe me. Thank you, Greg. You also don't monetize this. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, joke's on them. <laughs> All right. And lastly, from Karate Coyote in our Discord channel, they say, interesting update on GA4 and analytics and found something I hadn't seen people talking about, but the, in the analytics help section, they said, given the recent suspension of Google advertising systems in Russia, we'll be pausing the creation of new Russian 360 accounts on analytics, optimize, and tag manager. Additionally, we'll pause ads on Google properties and networks globally for advertisers based in Russia. Based in Russia. That's... That could mean a lot of things. Based mm -hmm. in Russia? I hadn't seen that before. That would be big news if somebody's based in Russia standpoint. Like mm -hmm. a company like SEMrush, aka SEMrush, 
They're a U.S. company, but they're, from what I believe, have a bunch of employees that are based in Russia. So I don't really know what the based in means specifically, but interesting, and you know, hopefully we'll find out more about it. That's it in organic. What you got in social, bud? All right, first up in social from Ad Week, Instagram said it will begin testing ads at the top of the feed with a small number of people who will only be served those ads after they've already spent some time in the application, which, you know, is me. I spend a lot of time in there and so I'm not part of this test either. You open the app again after closing it and then you see an ad first. Is that what they're saying? It doesn't really say. I got the impression that it's when you refresh your feed or maybe you go to a different uh, tab and come back. It does not say. But I feel like if you have to spend time in there, like you're still in there. It, it, I don't know. I'm speculating here. But the platform plans to gather feedback to determine how those ads impact user experience. And the goal is to provide more opportunities for connection between businesses and relevant audiences. I think it, the goal is to make more money. Of course. <laughs> right? I mean, think of all the accidental taps when you go to refresh your feed. It's mm -hmm. just at the top. <gasps> A lot Same. of people are telling me, like, there's just not enough ads at the top of my IG feed. They are? They, no. no. <laughs> and they never will. Anyway, hopefully, hopefully this just stays with that small number of people and never sees the light of day. Attorney privileged. Next up from CNN Business, apparently WhatsApp is trying to convert texting Americans to using its app instead by appealing to their desire for data privacy. I guess they have scary billboards out there that's, like, it's a image of a text and it says, I think I left the car unlocked. Can you check? And then it has a reply that says, if your personal texts aren't end-to-end -end encrypted, it's not private. So like someone's breaking into okay. your car because they read your text message. I feel way safer <laughs> about my texts than anything I would send in WhatsApp that's owned by Meta. Thank you. That's what people... That seems to be the sentiment that nobody's really trusting I'm it. I'm sure and, the ads don't say yeah. Meta anywhere. No, I don't think they do. And they also, do, I don't know, they're kind of like weird and grainy. And I just feel like WhatsApp is kind of light and bubbly and fun. And then these billboards, they just don't match. You can check it. WhatsApp has taken over in other parts of the world and they do offer a consistent experience across devices. But I just don't think Americans are ready for that. We It hasn't caught on here yet. But if it does, then just, you know, FYI to anyone doing SMS marketing. Someday you may need to reconsider your approach. I don't think that time is anytime soon. Speaking of phones, though, Twitter for iOS now lets you create GIFs or GIFs within the in-app camera. So that's oh. exciting. iPhone users can rejoice. TweetDeck users, though, should lament from Jane Manchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on Twitter. She says the new TweetDeck might become a paid feature exclusive to Twitter Blue subscribers, according to the code oh I've come across God. in the app. Yes. She says the code gates the access of TweetDeck on whether the user has Twitter blue or not and redirects them to the sign-up page if they don't. And she shared a screenshot of what this looks like. I just don't understand Twitter. <laughs> I look at this GIF reaction and think that is one of the most innovative things that any of these social platforms has done. It's a unique concept and it makes sense. You can just go, huh? and put your hands up in the air and make a quick reaction. Yeah. That's genius. And it just goes right there. But then you're going to take something that helps people use and frequent your platform more and make it paid. I don't understand what is happening. They're just really trying to squeeze that, what, two ninety nine out of people? Makes no you sense. You could just fix your ad platform and people would pay for advertising. Thank you, because I'm really sick of saying that. <laughs> Next up, a tweet from Allie, the social media whisperer, at the Allie Mason on Twitter. 
Allie says, whoa, whoa, way too loud. (laughs) (laughs) I just looked at you like, what do you mean? I haven't changed my tone. I wonder if you could target that job title on LinkedIn. (laughs) Social media whisperer. (laughs) That's really funny. Okay. On Friday. That's no, 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 no. This isn't an ASMR pod here. Oh, no one would listen we if it was. It <laughs> so Allie said on Friday, the head of Instagram announced that adding hashtags won't get your content more views or increase its distribution. Here's what it means for your strategy and your business. Thread emoji. We can't confirm this, by the way, whether or not that was actually announced, but her thread is still worth reading just in case. She goes on to say that hashtags are a tool Instagram uses to categorize content. Um, and that there are five signals that Instagram uses to determine if content is high value, including likes, comments, uh, saves, tapping through to the profile, and time spent. So there's a lot of good insights in here, whether or not we can confirm that initial bit about hashtags. So there's a lot more in her thread as well. You can check the link in Discord, community.marketingoclock.com. If you're serious about social, it's good food for thought. Okay, so I was doubting that someone's job title was the head of Instagram. So I Googled it. Do you know who it is? It's your boy, isn't it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Did you know he's married to Monica? Monica who? Miss Harry. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. I also want to say, whatever these people say, do what works for you. Mm-hmm. I follow specific hashtags. If you use those hashtags, you will get more distribution because it's going to go to me and I follow knife making or something like that. <laughs> I do. I follow that. I follow running motivation. Doesn't work, but I follow it. <laughs> so it's, do you still, people still do follow hashtags for what it's worth. Yeah, that's fair. Again, food for thought. It's good to hear opinions, but do your thing. From entrepreneur.com, Russia's Federal Service for Supervision of Communications, Information Technology, and Mass Media, or I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try Roxcomnadzer? Nailed it. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Roxcomnadzer made a (laughs) statement. I'm terrible. Made a statement on their blog about Meta's adjustment to the hate speech restrictions we talked about last week. They said on March 11th, Meta Platforms Inc. made an unprecedented decision to allow the publication of information containing calls for violence against Russian citizens on their social networks, Facebook and Instagram. They didn't. It was against the leader. Right. We we specifically covered that. But I, I don't know that this. All right. They're not listening to our show. Since then, the Instagram service in Russia, since then being this statement, the Instagram service in, service in Russia has completely been blocked and Rossgram has surfaced as an alternative. Rossgram, according to the platform's official site, if we trust entrepreneur.com's translation from Russian to English, and I do, says on March 28th, 2022, the Russian analog of Instagram will be launched with familiar functionality and mobile applications for Android and iOS. Rossgram will also have additional monetization tools for users, paid access to content, crowdfunding function, referral programs, and others. Right now, you have the opportunity to become the first to use (laughs) with special privileges. Yada, yada. Regular users will have access as of April 2022. So it's interesting. They've basically just come up with the Russian version of Instagram that sounds like it's run by state media. I'm assuming that. Billion dollar idea. Rossgram 2. Every time you upload a video or a photo, it always has the same filter on, and it's a David Schwimmer face on your face. Rossgram (laughs) 2. Oh my god. I was wondering god. how you were going to get there. <laughs> I got it. That sounds like a lot more fun. 
finally here in social from Tube Filter. The Bored Ape Yacht Club creator will use $450 million investment to build its version of the metaverse. This parallel metaverse will be called the other side, which is no relation, from what I understand, to the Red Hot Chili Willies, because they're way too old to understand NFTs, and so am I. All right, now on to our segment segments. We're going to feature and keep helping you out on GA4 with our GA4U segment. And this week, there is a great thread from Dana DiTomaso at Dana DiTomaso on Twitter. And she says, I've seen a lot of questions from SEOs on how to recreate the behavior site content landing pages report from Universal Analytics and GA4. I'm here to help. And as a thread showing step by step how you can get close, the data will not match, but you can get somewhat close, she says. And if you are interested in those landing pages reports, Dana's got your back. Thank you, Dana. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Okay, it's really easy to mark something and email is unread on the desktop version of Gmail, but sometimes I'll get an email on my phone and it'll be like off hours, and I'll be interested to know what it says and I want to open it. But then if I open it, it's not super easy to mark something as unread on the app. And it's really annoying because that's when I want to mark something as unread. So I remember to come back to it later. So I would like them to make that easier. Thank you, Gmail. Something else they could make easier? <laughs> Incorporating Pmax campaigns into your Google Ads scripts. So I did switch to the new script experience. That was pretty easy and we didn't really have any hiccups, but that's because we have Dev here to help. So um, test that before it's too late. But we have a budget script that runs through and checks what we've spent for the day. Every hour we can pause campaigns with it if we've spent what we consider a limit. Our Pmax campaigns are not being included in that. And I did pull in John, aka J2 here to try and help me today. He is a <laughs> I can't developer. can't believe you called him John. <laughs> People don't know what J2 means. We could not. He, he spent a good amount of time trying to figure this out for us. We could not find a selector to get performance max campaigns in Google Ads scripts in order to get their spend is essentially what happened. He did say that Google Ads scripts doesn't provide a way to doesn't provide a way to manage performance max campaigns directly. So that's a problem. Hopefully they're going to fix that. I know yeah. there's some changes with the API and it's included and all that, but we still could not update our script. So we have to check budgets manually for now, which is fine, right? That's why we're here, but super annoying. Not surprising. Hardly working. All right. And something hardly working this week, me and us, we had one account that we've been working on for a long time and it's very long sales cycle, eight months to 12 months uh, and, and upwards. And so when we're going and driving leads, we look not only at just the leads, but what is our demo request for this, this SaaS product, which we qualify as a marketing qualified lead. And then if they hit all of the BANT metrics, which are budget, authority, need, and timing, they then are classified as a sales qualified lead and the BDRs pass it to the sales team. And just because of the way it's so long, we generally look at that. Like you hit all those metrics, you made it to an SQL, our job is done, right? Like we got that many SQLs that are sales accepted. Um, and everything was going great until we looked back at the 2021 numbers and we fell short, not on any of the SQLs or, or, or leads or MQLs or anything like that, but the progression down the funnel, right? And so we're on this call 
And every week we'd go through and talk about every lead, every, well, at least every MQL or SQL in progression to that point. But it turns out that that a good portion weren't as qualified as they needed to be, even opportunities, right? And, and so one of the statements was the opportunities are <laughs> something like that. And so, like, I don't know. I just feel really down about it because we're looking at these metrics and we're looking at you know all these 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 leads that come through and check all these these critical boxes and our sales accepted and then go on to become opportunities. And then we told that they're not that great. And it's like, I don't know. I just feel like, and I know that it's obviously there's some issues there in the sales process, right? Like I think anybody could see that, but just, you know, a lot of times everybody's talking about all the positive stuff. And <laughs> sometimes like you just, things don't work the way you want. And whether or not it's the leads that were sent or the follow-up, um, just, I don't know, really hard on myself. The, this uh this week here but so i feel like you know that now and yeah. you guys can try something else oh not anymore <laughs> <laughs> no we're just gonna pause and like see what happens yeah, like and again yeah. it's a great it's a great relationship and everything it's just there's a lot of sales turnover and all the people we were talking to in 2021 are gone all the sales mm. all, everybody's gone and it's like we were talking for 52 weeks about all of these leads and now like when everybody's gone we look at this and it's it's frustrating and you know it's it's okay to be hard on yourself i guess sometimes so i don't know if you're feeling down i'm feeling worse <laughs> so there you go and now for this week's cool tool as a reminder our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention we're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really really cool this week's cool tool is good ui a service that actively publishes results of amazing companies that learn from experimentation. Their words, not mine, but you can learn to and test things for yourself. It's pretty cool. You can filter by the type of tests you want to view, whether it be landing page changes, product listings, thank you pages, whatever. And you can drill into the results by device, as well as changes in specific metrics like sign up or revenue, whatever you're looking to improve. There are examples of how other folks did it. These are real A-B tests from the IRL world. You can see them side by side along with context and performance data. They have experiments shared in here from the likes of Amazon, Netflix, Google, Booking.com, and more. I heard about an Airbnb one that was pretty big. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they made the button bigger. <laughs> Work. Yeah. It's all about the changes, right? you got to test it. So it's pretty cool. It is a paid service, but if you are looking to test UI changes for yourself and need some inspiration, it is definitely worth looking into. It's goodui.org, and we'll have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord. So pick your poison. Check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from G Squared Interactive and 2019 BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe. He has an article called What Discovers More Recommendations, Journeys in Chrome, and Mum Mean for the Future of Google Search. And this is ripped from the article. He says, well, I was checking my Discover feed a few weeks ago and saw an interesting call to action under one card in my feed. It said, more recommendations. And that's not something I had seen before. When tapping that link, I was whisked to an immersive interface labeled Task Dashboard, which contained, contained a boatload of information 
links, recommendations, videos, and comparison functionality based on the product or service I was searching for. My immediate reaction was, holy cow, is this the future of search? And by future, I mean the next few years. Bum, bum, bum. So you should absolutely look at this. He's got a ton of examples. Apparently, he was in the market for some Costa sunglasses. Clicked on more recommendations, and you can see his entire journey to continue researching the comparison. Uh, Glenn, I'm going to say you should go with the Fantail, not the Del Mars. I think you'd look great in the Fantails. The green, eh, I think you're more of a Fantail guy. Um, and he says, you can see where I'm going with it, that the Discover functionality for more recommendations takes you to a killer page that Google assists you with your research and how journeys could potentially work in search. So I, again, can't say it enough. You should be paying attention to Discover. You should be paying attention to the web stories. This review and comparison is the absolute opposite. And this is in the search engine results pages that, that Glenn found this of what Google is talking about in the Pru 22 update, but it is reality on reality's terms and what we have with us for Discover. So check it out, G Squared Interactive. Thank you, Glenn. And now onto our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingandclock.com to hear marketing a playlist. Jess, what are you adding this week? This week I'm all about the vibes. I'm going with Soulfly's hit Jump to F*** Up. Oh my God. Okay, <laughs> I will be adding Don't Rain on My Parade by Barbara Streisand and the 1968 American biographical musical comedy drama Funny Girl. Can we do an IRL meme here? It's the Pam meme looking at the two picture saying they're the same picture. What? Soulfly and Okay, you'll have to put it on YouTube. And whatever you said. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rain on my parade, Greg. Yeah, it's the same thing as Justin. What are you picking? Uh, I am picking from the streets, turn the page, not because of the song, but because of the backstage video of him having this argument and then the music playing and then him just in the middle of the argument going right to the song and running out on stage. It's one of the coolest clips that has ever been made. All right, that does it for today's show. <laughs> it is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Hack, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. And today, I guess this is a draft, we will be selecting things that you cannot have enough of, Right. I love this idea. <laughs> Whose idea was it? It was yours. Oh. <laughs> okay, Greg, you must have some amazing ideas. What is your first pick? So the thought that spawned this entire game is rental car insurance. You could sell me as much insurance on a rental car as you have to offer. And I will always think it's never enough. Okay. Wow. Yeah. As someone who popped a tire in Ireland... I'd have to agree. My wife got into an accident in Ireland as well. I got rear-ended in Florida. Like you go into these abstract places, like you you need insurance on rental cars. Insurance is so boring. I thought you were gonna have something no, more fun. I, that's I know my now age. I'm questioning every answer I have for this <laughs> okay. game. Well, obviously my first answer is popcorn. Mm. It's just the best treat. You're never full, salty, just a little bit burnt. I could eat it all day long. No butter. Just popcorn and salt. Can never have enough. 
you know what I was thinking the other day? <laughs> it was late night, and I was like, so these, the corn, you eat it on the, on the cob, and it's great. And then you let it, like, wither away and die. And then you take it off the cob, and then you put it in the microwave, and it pops. I wonder if there's anything else out there that we don't know about that does the same thing. What about apple seeds? Ever think about that? Apple Apple seeds aren't they um, like poisonous? They have arsenic in them or something. You might not want to eat that one. But don't you think something else pops? I don't know. Is there anything else? This isn't what I spent my time thinking about. I just think about how delicious popcorn is. (laughs) It is. What about peas? Like if if a pea. Ew! That would taste so bad. Pop peas? Would you eat that? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's disgusting. Okay, Jess, what's your pick? Um, I don't think you can ever have enough diehard films. Like one (laughs) was amazing. They could have stopped. They didn't. Number two, terrible dialogue, but like adrenaline rush story. Three was probably the best one they ever made. They could have stopped there. They made a four and a five, neither of which we needed, but they were enjoyable. I'm like ready for six, seven, eight. You just can't have it. You think they're not going to be good and they're not, but they are. I feel like you argued against yourself. No, they're just, you you think they're not going to be good. But they just keep getting better. Never seen a single one. Start oh, with three. It's the best. <laughs> that does it. Can you say. just start with three? Is that allowed? No. Would yeah, I understand the plot? You, you don't, go to jail. Do, don't <laughs> and don't I have to watch it at Christmas? Not three. They stopped being Christmas movies after number two. Haven't you heard the song? Even though it wasn't Christmas. No. No. Okay. Right. <laughs> Killer, what's your pick? I said sleep. Oh, that oh. was my next one. I love sleeping. <laughs> I love a good nap. Like a three-hour nap. That's amazing. Three, three hours. hours? Yeah. I'm like a two-hour queen if I could do anything. I thought you were yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. It takes me an hour to fall asleep, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jess, what's your next pick? Is it a oh, serpentine? Oh, serpentine she gets two. Sorry. Yeah. You get another. Do you know what a serpentine draft is, killer? No. <laughs> Neither do I. You go, you You're go next. Next. It's a snake. <laughs> I go next again. Yeah. It, serpentine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, I said (laughs) something I also uh, cannot have enough of is soup. I'm a big soup girl. Lots of soup. I love eating soup. Like when you eat it, you eat it all night long. You make way too much, but then you get the soup sweat. (laughs) (laughs) What? You just get the soup sweat? What are the soup sweats? When you eat too much soup and you're hot, but it's winter. (laughs) No, so you're I've all bundled that. up in like a sweatshirt and then you have to take it off. Yes. Oh. Soup sweats. <laughs> okay, Jess, now it's your turn. Um, I guess you can't get enough of that cookie crisp. Oh, my God. You two are just the most literal. <laughs> <laughs> your first pick was insurance. Yeah, <laughs> rental car insurance. Who doesn't want more of that? <laughs> People who aren't renting cars. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay, I went to the chiropractor on Monday. I can't get enough cracks in my bones. <laughs> That's a great one. Great I love pick. like a good neck crack. One, great. Three, four. Oh my God, life changing. You just have more like oxygen in your brain. <laughs> All right. And for me, I didn't realize this till seven years ago, but you can never have enough hair ties. That Never was my enough. choice. What the heck? There's- I didn't know until I had a daughter. Mm. There's never enough in the house. I did oh. not think you were going to steal that from me. Yeah. 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 All right. And then are we doing another one? Yeah. Let's How do many one are we more? doing? One more? Okay. okay. All right. So lastly, 
my pick, I'm between two of them. And I'm going to go with... Golf balls? Like, if you're golfing, you can never have too many golf balls. Do you golf? No, but when I golfed, <laughs> every, time, every other time I'd hit it, it would just go into the wood, like into the, <laughs> into the rough. You never find it again. You can never have too many golf balls. Okay. You don't even golf. My next choice <laughs> will be, you can never have enough, like, water cups, because you always leave them in your bedroom, mm -hmm. and then you run out, and you have to run the dishwasher, and then there's no room to put them in the dishwasher, and then you're washing them at the sink, and then you have to bring down, like, five cups at once, and you don't have enough arms, and it's a terrible life. You can never have enough cups. Wow. Jess? I'm going to follow that with chewing gum. You never have enough because, A, for yourself, you need at least two pieces per chew. But the second somebody hears gum open, everyone comes. You need yeah. to have enough for the class, and there's never enough. Two pieces per chew? Mm-hmm. How picky. Try it. Change your life. Okay, killer. I said McDonald's Sprite after a night out. Get wow. a nice, large Sprite. Nice and cold. That sounds never enough. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. I'm not a, at all an <laughs> after uh, aspartame. I love a diet coke from McDonald's after a night mm. out. Like I crave it. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. I can't do sugar after mm. a night out. I think it's Water just like the day. carbonation. I'm with you on the carbonation. Yeah. No, it's the aspartame. It's the artificial sweeteners. So good. Okay. Actually, not. Everyone, <laughs> review your list real quick. Greg's is full of lies and boring things. No, it's car rental car insurance. Number one, <laughs> number two are hair ties. <laughs> number three are golf balls. Okay, and I have cracks in my bones, popcorn. What was peacorn? <laughs> Water cups. <laughs> Water cups. Because <laughs> I had to make that one up at the last minute because you stole hair ties. Okay, Jess. I have diehard films, cookie crisp, and gum. Killer. I had sleep, soup, and McDonald's spray after a night out. The three, three S's. S's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you'll have to let us know what you think of our list and if there's anything we forgot, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> that was beautiful. Three S's.